Hi, I'm Kat Moser, and I am the girl that on the first week she was in New York City, a rat ran over her foot, and on the most recent week, a homeless man spit on my head. <laughs> Everyone has a story to tell. We have a bottle of wine and an ear to listen. Join a couple of dolts as we dote out some anecdotes. And welcome to Anecdotal Dote. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Anecdotal Dote, the podcast that celebrates the stories and storytellers in all of us. I'm John Seidenberg, the guy who could put Clifford the Big Red Dog on his resume if he really wanted to. And joining me on this podcast is my Emily Elizabeth, Laura Arnold. I am so flattered to be called your Emily Elizabeth because I love her. Did you actually know that that was the name of her, of his owner? Yeah! I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast yet or or not. Um, very confusing. I do remember this story, and I do think it was recorded once. But you don't know if it actually made it on air? I think it did, but I don't remember what episode. Well, pretend like you've not ever heard this story before then. Fantastic. And listener, we ask you to do the same thing. So... <laughs> So, um, when I was in high school, I was asked to participate in the elementary school's book fair, and I was going to be hired as an actor. When I say hired, I was paid like $25 or something like that. And so I was like, okay, sure, great, working actor, getting a paycheck, this is awesome. They're like, we're going to have you play Clifford the Big Red Dog. Super exciting, you know, he love his books, He's he's a literary giant, literally and figuratively, and so... Um, I get there, and the this costume that uh, Clifford the Big Red, Big Red Dog had was um, it was like shipped with the um, with the book fair. So all of those silver cases that would always you know show up in the library the weekend oh before. Remember all of They're that? They were like yeah, road pretty. cases. Yeah, and it was always whenever those showed up, you're like, oh my gosh, the book fair is coming! Super exciting. Best day ever. Um, well, with that was this Clifford the Big Red Dog costume. And so I go and I put it on. It's, uh, I think it was made for a middle schooler um, or, a, or a very large um, elementary schooler. It was definitely not meant for a high schooler. And it was definitely not meant for Andre the Giant to be wearing it. The whole thing, it's like a red bodysuit with a tail. And the bodysuit was so small on me that there was at least six to ten inches from where the uh, sleeves ended and where my wrist began. So there were these huge skin skin uh, exposures on my arms and on my legs. Um, I did have gloves on for my paws, but there was a huge gap of, of hairy arms. I'm not very canine. And, uh, and That's then I when had you to just have a... tell people that, like, you had to have a procedure done, so they had to, like, shave your... Because you're, you know, when you have to go to the vet... And they have to put Clifford, like an IV in or something. Clifford and they, needed and they IVs shaved. in all four of his limbs because he's so large. One IV would not be enough to sustain his huge yeah. arteries. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't, that makes sense. That wouldn't be better. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> and so I'm walking around waving and taking pictures with kids. And all of a sudden I feel a yank on the back end. And I'm like, what on earth was that? I look over and... And there's nobody there. And then I turn around to go back. And then I feel another yank. Someone's pulling my tail. And I was like, what on earth is going on? Well, and all of a sudden I turn around and then I feel sharp pain in my um, family jewel area. And I was like, 
oh my gosh, a kid has just yanked my tail and then punched me in the cojones. <laughs> um, and so I was like, so I'm like swatting around with my big red dog Paul gloves and I'm like trying to find this kid and he keeps dodging me and evading me and I can barely see because I have this headpiece on and he keeps like yanking my tail and I turn and then he punches me in the gonads and then I turn and he pulls my tail again. And then I turn and he punches me again. And so I'm at the point now where I'm like, I'm about to drop this stupid kid into next Wednesday. And then about that time, his mom found him and scolded him and took him away. And um, that was a terrible job. (laughs) (laughs) Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Are you all right, John? That's what she said. She being me? I declare bankruptcy what's happening i'm just so excited to welcome this week's guest to the podcast who is it and what does that have to do with bankruptcy well all of these all of these quotes that i just said are from the hit television show the office ah well let me just slip you her resume and then you can introduce her and it will all make sense i see okay before the shutdown Kat was performing off-Broadway in The Office, the musical parody. She has lived in New York for about three years now as a working actor. Before moving, she worked at Milwaukee Repertory Theater, received her MFA at the Savannah College of Art and Design, and BFA at Northern Kentucky University. Welcome to Kat Moser. So walk us through... where were you when this rat ran out on, oh, on you? Oh, I was walking to the subway from my house, and it's it, the McDonald's is on the corner, and rats come in and out of the McDonald's, so I never, obviously never go in and eat there. But yeah, oh. it was just like a rainy day, and I was going to the subway, and a rat just came right over and ran into my foot, and I freaked out, and there was a guy behind me just laughing hysterically. And I was like, <laughs> this is... I chose to live here, and I guess that this is the welcome committee. <laughs> it may have been Pizza Rat, and you just saw it was your first celebrity sighting, oh, yeah, and you didn't that's realize true. it. And so, then, what was your what was your second story? My gosh, that was like the most recent week that I was there, and that was right after Broadway closed down, and we were still doing our show for a weekend, and it was all just like really, really stressful. And I was on the subway back, ready to go home, and I was like we weren't going to do the show anymore. And it was like the final straw. And this homeless man came through and was asking for money and food. and Nobody gave it to him. I didn't have anything. And um, he just said a profanity word and turned around and spit on my head. I was on the end of the seat and I just freaked out. And that was all during still the coronavirus and stuff. And I stood up and yelled again profanity at him, which was the most I've ever done in New York. And I was just so (laughs) over it at that point. I got home and just completely stripped off my clothes and went in the shower and washed my hair about four times. Yeah, I would. Oh my gosh! Oh my (laughs) gosh! So you are you are now you are now staying safe at home in uh, Kentucky. Yes, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. I had a plane flight already for Easter, so I just kind of bumped it up, um, Mm. so I could just kind of go home with fresh air and and a little bit more space and. I didn't know how long this was going to last. <laughs> You've been living in New York, working in New York for three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, we we know how it started for you um, with your 
<laughs> your little furry friend. Um, so what was it? What was it like? Because um, I, I think a lot of people have like ideas of what it's like being an actor in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you, since you're you're literally a foot soldier in all of that, can you kind of explain what your what is that like being yeah. an actor in New York? I think like a lot of people when they first think about it was like me in the sense of like, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity and everything, but you, when you move there, you kind of forget the fact that there's also a lot of people. And so, especially in theater and especially people your age and especially girls. And so, so for like the first year, I, you know, just, I wanted to make sure that I just got to know the lay of the land and figure everything out, figure out how auditions worked. And the musical theater world was a lot of it was like really, really intense because it was very, um, you know, sometimes you go to those auditions and you just listen to people and it was really almost cutthroat and everything. So what I found within the first two years was just like, what makes me happy in that city? And that was, I found sketch comedy and improv. And I was able, I just wanted to make sure that I was at least doing something because if I was just going to auditions, I was going to go insane. Yeah. And I, I think that there, there are so many people who they graduate from, from college with a BA or, or MFA or whatever. Uh, and they think that as soon as they graduate, the phone's just going to start ringing <laughs> and they don't understand. And so one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was a, an actor's full-time job is auditioning yep. and yes. there and then the reward for that is being able to perform especially with auditions there's different tiers so you've got your equity people who are part of the union can audition for any equity thing then there's emc which mm-hmm. is the equity membership candidate i was like what am i <laughs> um and you're able to be like one tier down from equity where it's like you can sign up and you get seen before non-union. There is a whole slew of non-union people who are up in New York that get up at the crack of dawn at 6 a.m. and sign their name on some random loose leaf sheet of paper taped outside the building and hopefully can come back and hopefully that paper will still be there and the monitor of the audition has accepted it. It's called a um, an unofficial list. And then they wait all day. And like, I wait all day for EMC and I don't get seen. And I'm still ahead of non-union. And I might be wrong about it because I know a lot of very, very successful non-union actors who constantly audition all the time and, and do book stuff. But to me, I wouldn't have wanted to go up there without at least my EMC card. So how long was it um, before you landed your first gig in New York when you first, from, from Pizza Rat to your first gig? <laughs> I guess my, it was kind of funny because I landed my first gig and then I landed another one almost immediately after. So it was like about a year and a half, which is still really like unheard of mm. for <laughs> usually you need more time. Um, <laughs> but I, I did book um, a theater by the sea, which was my first one that I booked and then I went and did the office for the third time. I went and off auditioned for the office a third time thinking like, Oh, I'm not going to get that. 
And then I got the office and I had to choose. So it was like, when it rains, it pours. So mm-hmm. it was really like such a bummer because I had waited so long. And finally I got, this thing <laughs> and I got two things. So that was really, really hard. But um, I was happy with the decision I made. You booked the office. And um, what was what was that audition like from what you remember? Yeah, like I said, I auditioned three times. So I auditioned orig- first for like when it originally went out. And it was every time it was for Michael Scott. And um, I just, it's, I mean, Michael Scott's really hard <laughs> to, yeah. you can't be Steve Carell or as our Michael Scott was Sarah Barron or our new one, um, Joya. And so I was auditioning the whole time for Michael and just like not really getting it, getting past it. And then the third time um, I went in for Michael again, got a call back for Michael and also the Phyllis Kevin track. And then I um, walked out and like maybe a couple hours later, I got my email that was like, um, hey, I know you just auditioned for the for the tour, but we want you to come as an immediate replacement for uh, Phyllis, Kevin and Meredith in New York, which is actually what I originally wanted when I first auditioned. And then they were like, can you come see the show tonight? And then can you go on Saturday? And I got that email on Sunday. So it was a whole Oh my week. gosh. Had you seen the show before before you watched it? You I know, hadn't seen prep? it before the first Yeah. I hadn't seen it before the first two auditions. And then the third one I was like, I should go see this show <laughs> because clearly I'm not <laughs> getting something here. And I went and saw the show and I was like, Got it. Okay, this is the style of it. So yeah, once I saw the show probably a week before I auditioned, I was like, Okay, I've got this figured out. I so advise if you have the opportunity to see a show or just do your research, it does wonders for your audition. <laughs> that's really good and advice. So, <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's fantastic advice. Um, take notes, listeners. Um, so, <laughs> so you, um, so how did, how was that week leading up to your, your first performance? Well, it was really stressful because again, I had to choose between jobs. And so once I did that, <laughs> Um, our stage manager, I love him, um, but he gave me the materials and then he was like, I'm going on a cruise. <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> and so I had to kind of learn everything while he was gone with the whole new stage manager. Um, and I've never, I've never done that before. I've always had a rehearsal process. I've never gone in immediately into a show. I saw the show every night. I just kept watching it and um I set up my apartment to be the set we had to put in rehearsal then yeah I went on Saturday night that Saturday night and everything was fine can you explain for the listeners what like like what is the what 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 can you expect if you whether you're a fan of the office or you're not what can you expect going into see well it? first of all if they try the writers are brilliant um Bob and Tavon Smith they're freaking brilliant they've pretty much jam-packed all of the seasons into one day. So it takes oh, wow. place in one day of The Office. Again, it's a parody. I need to emphasize parody because a lot of people come to the show thinking that they're going to see The Office, the musical. Mm-hmm. And it's just entirely different from that because um, it's just all extremely jokes, extremely fast-paced. When you um, go to see it, it's like, getting on a fun fast train and you're just especially if you know all the jokes 
Um, if you've watched the TV show, you're just going to get it one by one by one. But then I've talked to a lot of audience members that um, loved it and hadn't even seen it, haven't even seen the TV show. So um, I think that that's really speaks truly to um, how good the show is that it reaches so many different people. Um, as Meredith, I sing a song called Nasty. So you can just kind of imagine what said <laughs> <laughs> through there and for the first couple of weeks that I was doing it and I'd see kids in the audience, I would just feel so bad. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then after a while, I was like, you know what? Your parents brought you here. You know better. Like, well, you're going yeah. gonna to find out <laughs> how this all works anyway. <laughs> so. I know that it's always, um, whether it's been the tour or when the show opened off-Broadway, it's always been a female playing Michael Scott. What's the, what's the, like, the reasoning behind that? Yeah, so they didn't actually have that planned originally they were open to it when they were casting um and it took them a while to to find the perfect person for it which they did um but the reason that they wanted to go with the females because during this time this time period that we're in a lot of the jokes that michael says just doesn't work anymore if it's said by a man and it worked so much better. It's just so much funnier said with a woman, by a woman. It was like ironic and I don't know, accepting. If you go back and watch The Office now, you're like the TV show. You're like, this would not pass if it went up today. Yeah. And are you all doing impressions of the cast or how do you, cause like Kevin has a very distinct voice. Yeah. So they really encourage us to be as close to them as possible. So yes, impressions but actual honesty. Um, we're not we're not making fun of the characters, even though yes, it is a, a parody. With Kevin, I just wanted him to be as honest as possible. That he's everything he says. Yes, it's so stupid and so dumb, but he doesn't think it is. Like mm -hmm. his chili is his prized possession, and like that. Uh, there is a song in there where it's um, I've got chili, and it's his big moment. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask if the chili <laughs> moment was in the show, and I'm so glad that it is. Yes. Can we can we hear a sampling of your Kevin impression? Oh, yeah, I haven't done it in a really long time. Give me a second. <laughs> what is my line? It's been a couple of weeks. Today has been an emotional roller coaster. I'm so sorry. I'm not remembering my line because <laughs> um, it's been so long. Well, I'll just sing the song then. <clears throat> okay. I made chili, so much chili, I stayed up the whole night before. Chopping onions, pressing garlic, I hope it doesn't end up on the floor. That's me. <laughs> oh my that was gosh, amazing. that is brilliant. Yes. I can do all the other ones too. Um, Oh, Phyllis is one of my favorites, actually. Good morning, everyone. Sorry I'm late. Bob Vance took me out to breakfast, and we made nasty love in the bathroom of a Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I have to say... I've watched like three episodes of The Office and that's it. I'm not like a super fan by any means, um, but I've never been so inspired to watch so The glad. Office. 
I'm glad I gave those actors who pay get millions of dollars <laughs> No, it's funny. Now to our main segment, the anecdotal dote. Here's how it works. I have selected a random word that only I've seen. Your job is to tell a true story based on that word. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the word is meeting. I have met Zach Woods, again, from the office, multiple times. Um, the first time I did not know he was Zach Woods, I thought I knew him personally. <laughs> this was before I had ever watched The Office. But I had seen him like a few things, you know, a few videos. And I was to New York and I was at a bagel shop right outside of UCB. And I um, went out to him and I was like, hey, do I know you? And he just looked at me and went, nope. <laughs> I was like, cool, cool, cool. And then went to a UCB show and he was in the UCB show. And I was like, oh my God, that's so dumb. And then um, when I moved, this was like when I was doing my internship. And when I officially moved to New York, I saw him again at um, a Simple Studios. He was like doing something there. And I obviously knew it was Zach Woods this time. And then the next week I saw him again. And then the next week I saw him again. So I saw him three times. So I have officially met Zach Woods and seen him multiple times. And every new time he sees me, because he's seen me, he's looked at me. I think he's starting to think that he knows me. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that eventually Zach Woods and I will be best friends. Is there anything you would like to plug, whether it is your TikTok account, Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? I guess you can follow me on TikTok. Um, I, yeah, my Instagram is the cat moser because uh, there are a lot of cat mosers and I wanted to put the in front of it. With a K. And uh, <laughs> with a K, yes. K-A-T-M-O-S-E-R. Let me look up my TikTok. I just got it. I've been making some really fun stuff on there. Um, it's also the Cat Moser, so that's easy. The Cat Moser. Okay, great. Yeah. Great. I'm not huge on like social media or, or getting a bunch of followers. I'm just me, and if you want to talk to me, great. Oh, that was my TikTok. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then my website is mosercat.com i'm very proud of the name if you want to look at it it's just a place where i hopefully will get jobs (laughs) great great fantastic um well thank you is there anything else you want to tell um our listeners keep on keeping on you all it's you know everybody's trying to stay positive i think yes it's important to stay positive but that's okay if you don't watch some weird things make stupid tiktok videos and use this time to like Relax, too. Laura. Do it. You just interrupted me. I super did. I'm really sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Now I've got to get re-centered and (sighs) re-ready. Okay. Laura, I've got some podcasting facts for you. You don't seem very excited about these. (laughs) I'm hesitant about them, but yeah, go hit me. Did you know that there are over... Oh, well, okay. How many podcasts do you think are out there? A f***ing lot.
what uh, is that a is that a is that a new quantitative measure there? No. Here's the deal. If you and I have a podcast, everybody has a podcast. What are you trying to say right I'm just now? Saying that like I don't know. You and I are just like normal people doing a podcast um, for funsies. I do believe there is many instances of this podcast where you call me like your mentor, your hero, your uh, I've your never savior, called you any of those things. An Adonis with a body that won't quit. Do I respect the f- out of you? Absolutely. But do I think that you are, what did you say, an Adonis? I. Now you just said it, and now I can edit you saying it. <laughs> Damn, John! <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And special thanks to today's guest, Kat Moser. If you have a story inspired by our buzzword meeting, we would love to hear from you. Your story might be shared on a future podcast. Send your story to us, written, filmed, or by audio to theanecdotaldote at gmail.com. Did you enjoy our anecdotal adventure, The Lost Mine of Fandelver, our D&D quest? Laura, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was fantastic. (laughs) I can't wait to get more information from you at a later date. Um, If you, well, if you're like Laura and you enjoyed um, our D&D quest, um, let us know, especially if you want to hear more of those. Um, So let us know by writing to us on our Facebook page, messaging us on our Facebook page, or by emailing us theanecdotaldote, D-O-T-E, at gmail.com. Remember, everyone has a story to tell, especially you. So send them in. We're excited to listen. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. John, I think that you are an Adonis.